Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show. We've got our new friend, Pradeek Sanjay. Yeah, you did it. All the way from Norway. Doing Didn't the... think he was from Norway, did you? I don't know. Because he's I, not. I'd he ask. lives there. From, uh, from poly- you. polydelic.com. Uh, interesting guest. It was a good talk. Let's get into it. Number one comedy business podcast in the world, Pragmatic Entrepreneurial Vice with Real Rob Hosted by me, Law Smith, and to my right, your left number two, Eric Redinger. Some people call me Cool Eric. Is that your new thing, Real Raw Dog Talk? I don't, I... If you keep saying it, I don't like, know. I don't, where did that come from? Well, I try to take out the D jokes in the beginning. So, we're, you know why? Because we're 2020, 2020's best small, medium enterprise Business Advisory Podcast in the United States. That's a real award. Thanks, Lux Global Excellence Award, proudly hosted by Lux Life Magazine. Hey, if you like this show, make sure to tell a friend, loved one, coworker, tell someone, hey, you want some real raw dog business talk? Here's, <laughs> Say here's just where like you that, go. Though. Go to sweatequitypod.com or go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, subscribe, what? subscribe, rate, review. What? Write a little comment, even if it's a jerky one. We'll probably read it on. We'll read it like the Jerky Boys on this podcast. Sp- Spotify, yeah, because our period's sick. Okay, I know. All right, synchronicities. Uh, we're on Spotify. Some people Google, call me Cool Eric. Google Play, Amazon Music, everywhere you can find podcasts. This episode of Sweat Equity is sponsored by Warby Parker. WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat. Five free pairs to try on at home. If you're watching this on video, I'm wearing my Warby Parkers on my fat head. And man, do I have a fat head. WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat hooks up this show. We need some shekels back. We do this for the love of the game, but of course we'd love some flow. Uh, five free pairs to try on at home. Sunglasses, eyeglass, wear. What? You're getting ripped off if you're not buying from Warby Parker. Yeah, you heard me. You want to pay $300 at Lens Crafters? Are you paying for Oakley's? Ray-Bans? Yeah, they're all owned by the same Italian company, Lexotica. Gelato. Oh. <laughs> That's a callback in the future for oh, the listeners. Forward. Yeah. WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat. Light key sweat. Link will be in the description of this episode if you forget. But pause right now if you want. Check it out. It helps the show. Get some little shekels back here. Five free pairs to try at home. Don't like them? Send them back. Get five more. I did it. Not only am I... Uh, an advertiser, I'm a user. Whatever that means. That is for men. definitely how it goes. Yep, pretty much. Are we ready to get this party started? Ah, sweat equity. Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my, my sweat equity. Go on. Oh, we're good. Four. All right. Uh, let's do this before I forget. And how do I say, I want to make sure I say your name without sounding racist. So so don't say it. Uh, Pratik Sanjay. Perfect. First go. All right. Pratik. I shouldn't have prefaced. You, you are good at nicknames. Am I? Like, I can't. Yeah, read, like the last one. I can't Serena Fazan. Well, that one took a lot of coaching. If you go back in episodes, I definitely have said her name for wrong for almost three years of knowing. And she's like, nice, nice person, Hall of Fame. And so she never corrected me. 
uh, and I never heard the difference when anybody else was saying it. So I can't read, so I have to hear it. And then sometimes when you hear stuff, it gets imprinted, uh, and so it's tough. So give me, uh, shoot us your plugs. You're doing this from Norway right now. You're talking to us about midnight as we're recording at 6 p.m. our time. Uh, polydelic.com? Yeah, I work at Polydelic, which is a development company. And that, that's my full-time job. And it just also started a, a, a side gig, which is you know working with live retail. And that's only because one of our customers approached us with that thing, you know, and said, hey, we saw that you guys have built something in live streaming. Can you also do live retail? And we thought, you know what? We don't have anything existing in live re- retail. But when we started looking into the market, we thought, you know what? Let's let's just give this a shot, you know? So I want to hear uh, about that. But first, my narcissism begs to ask, well, how'd you hear about us? How'd you find us? You know, we're, yeah. we're, we're self, um, self-proclaimed bad at our own marketing, yet we talk a lot of marketing. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't remember, but I think what I've been doing is that I have been simply looking uh, – I've been looking up anybody who has any kind of advice and growth hacking or marketing or expanding your online reach all the time. It's always what I'm Googling, always trying to figure out. And that's why my LinkedIn feed is always full of stuff about that. And I believe when I reached out to you via LinkedIn, uh, something had popped up in my feed. And and I think that's how I came across your profile and decided, okay, this guy owns a a podcast. Let me check out. And when I saw some really funny episodes, I, th- I saw you guys were not just doing pure business. You were also just doing lots of joking and banter and just being regular people. And I thought, yeah, I can vibe with these guys. I want to talk to them. Love that. that I mean, that's, Love what that. that's what we're trying to go for. I mean, in a, in a LinkedIn, very nerfed kind of content atmosphere, I, I really think just like podcasting in general, I think there's a real need for real talk in the business community where it's not all just super self-promotion. Uh, or like we're scared to say the wrong thing or like, although we did just we, give, uh, <laughs> we just did give a, uh, a gag order to critique before the show started yeah. about what we're not going to say. We got but. many court cases out there. Okay. So we can't talk about, no, uh, but I'm saying I, I find podcasting, you know, we're, we're in this duality world now of media where it is, it's short clips, it's sound bites. We get the news. We can only take in so much. It's so fragmented. And so it's getting even grosser in that direction. And then people are really seeking out more long-form conversation because that's sadly some of the only real talk people are listening to or kind of engaging with. And so when you when you hit us up, I can tell you're enthusiastic and you actually listen to the episode. And Amazing. Not, and not, yeah, but also didn't just listen to a part of it. Like the one guy, the Philippines dude, the guy who outsources oh, yeah. like middle management right. in the Philippines. He did his research for seven minutes. Well, he did, yeah, and then he like found like one little clip, and I was like, okay, this guy seems like he's legit. He listened to us. That's nice. We'll have him on. And he's like, actually, I only listened to like five seconds. Just, yeah. Just to he outsourced. Yeah. He made a Filipino guy listen to the rest. <laughs> right. Yeah, nice. But that, that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I noticed that uh, these days a lot more people are on Twitch than on YouTube. And, you know... Uh, I'm 30 now. I still remember when YouTube was something new. It feels like yesterday, but that's a funny thing. Like between teenagers and 30, it's like an eye blink. I'm old. I don't realize it. But back when YouTube was new, it was sensational. Everybody was on it. But now YouTube looks too manufactured. 
Whereas Twitch, you know, you, you, there's more people taking interest in Twitch because that's authentic, you know. And uh, I think I like authenticity because I want to see who the business person is when they're not reading off a script, when they make the dumb mistakes and make the gaffes and say all the silly things as Papa John's guy does, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Eric's all about pa- – he loves that guy. Yeah. Only after he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> He, he became a legend after he became fired. That's uh, like his hero. Yeah. Before that, he was like a little old grandma on TV. He's like, yeah, he was one of those guys that was guy. doing so much plastic surgery. He kind of started looking like one of those like uh, yeah, that's what I'm figurine dolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No movement like to his face. Permanent mascara on. Kind he just of had to be in every commercial. Just had to be. Yeah. And then he dropped the N-bomb and Eric's like, I like this guy. Uh, yeah. He did you know the who- original America, say the, uh, the forbidden Voldemort word. I just, know? I love that he has to take like classes to get that out of his lexicon. He's like, <laughs> right. Or he's doing rehab to get rid of it. I'm yeah. like, wow, that shit's real ingrained. I'm sure he's taking it very seriously. You know who seriously. dropped the dime on him too was the marketing agency he hired for Papa John's. They're like, hey, this ain't cool. <laughs> and we're going to get this out everywhere. Yeah. And he was, and he was mad at them. But here's the thing wasn't he referencing someone else saying the word? I don't know. You brought it up. I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated yeah, in that but because just racial slur instead of, you know, the N word. And uh, I, I don't know. I think they're... some of the older people just don't care. They just, uh, the older generations makes a lot, a lot of weird jokes, like uh, people are 50 and subs. And I think the Overton window has changed so much that, you know, even I think, Hey, you can't joke about that. I was looking at that Ace Ventura movie, and I'm like, wait a minute, the villain is transgender? This yeah. can't fly in this day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where they're all throwing They're all up. barfing yeah. from it. By the way, I was having this conversation the other day. I mean, I'm on the dating apps, and you're like, oh, whoa, I just swiped right on a, on a trans chick, I, trans guy chick, guy that turned into a chick. Mm. It happens a lot way more than yeah. you want it to. Unless you're into Totally. Um, I know what you're saying. But, you know, I'll play through. I'm a gamer. Uh, so... I, the video you sent us was that kind of a, what you're working on. It seemed interactive, like Twitch. I'm going to try to explain it because we don't have it set up to show uh, on our video. But it looked like you're showing us uh, a cooking video where it had like an overlay of the ingredients, and you'd be able to click on them to buy it. Is that is that what I'm gathering? It's literally just an interactive live video, you know, like. Uh, what you have is that you can just go live on a video and take questions from your own loyal fans or customers. And, you know, if they get enthusiastic about what they're seeing, they can shop things from the same live stream without having to go through a link, you know, because going through a link via a smartphone or the, uh, the browser, that just breaks the focus. And, uh, you know, it's like, when you're going to a shopping mall or something, you're having an indulgent me time. And some of the most fun you have is just talking to these shopping assistants, you know? Sometimes, like, you go to the mall and this weirdly charismatic cosmetic seller tells you to sit down and starts doing free uh, work on you. I don't know that that happens in America, but that does happen in Spain where I used to live. And you just think, like, that's part of the fun and experience of, you know, going out shopping. And just putting on a show is uh, it, it just makes things more fun for the buyer. And and actually, they've been doing this in China for a long time. Even the people who used to do TV home shopping in China back in the 90s 
they're becoming stars again in the world of live streaming. That's why in China, they did $600 billion of sales via live stream. And that's why people in Europe started asking, why can't we have it here? So I started, we started looking into building it here as well. Hmm. So, so, so you're building the platform? Is that how are you? I didn't actually. Uh, I I watched it. I did actually. Was it Facebook that I saw? Yeah, what you was said it? it's a Facebook video. Okay, I didn't. So I did watch it. Yeah. Um, but I, I is that? Were you just going? You had to do something other than just through Facebook. What What else are you adding in there in terms of the? the oh no no no! Digital? It was not done via uh, Facebook. Uh, here's how it was. Um, a while ago, we first had our live streaming project for a client as a development company. Somebody said, hey, all our singer, songwriter, and musician friends, they had to refund the tickets during COVID, and they had to um, you know, cancel all their concerts and lose all their main source of income. So maybe having live streamed concerts could be a way of do, you know, for them to get back in business. So we built this live streaming concert platform for them and that got us attention as you we were talking about it. And people said, hey, you built a live streaming platform for musicians. In this live streaming platform, you already have those e-commerce elements that you buy tickets or do donations inside the live stream. So why, why can't you apply this to retail? And we, we started looking into it and realized, ah, it, it's you could li literally just have a live stream play like a web link and, and that kind of web url link you can just embed into your own uh, web page and this way you don't need to download an app when you just go to the live stream which isn't happening inside the, the web browser on the web page then you can just see it right from there and just maybe do the purchases right from there as well and uh, 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 the, the, we, the thing is that facebook does not uh, allow third parties to do you know these kind of things on their own platform because if they want to do something like live shopping themselves and i believe they are looking into it they want to control that kind of revenue sure. and that's kind of like one of the iffy things about it that everybody's trying to create these silos these barriers you know that okay you have a like a video streaming thing on, on, on facebook or linkedin or whatever but you don't want that to bring traffic or you know revenues to third parties but that's that which is why i like doing things by like a, a web you are link is a good way to go that it, this is so interesting so i've been saying about pinterest for i don't know five years they're going to discover how to close that gap between you upload i don't know uh jimmy Choo's shoes and uh as as something on your pin board right and we've we've said on the show it is it's the best social media for advertisers of like B2C stuff to get to women who have like 80% of the household purchasing power uh, and 80% of what women pin not our house. Well, not anymore. We, we have a uh, exorcism of the, the, the yeah, lady, the working lady. Um, but I'm saying that just sounds like we just moved in together. <laughs> um, one day, one day, I hope, uh, but no, it, we're gonna full house it for sure. It's okay. gonna happen. But the the you're gonna <laughs> you well. Oh wait, that's blossom. Uh, you can uh, cut it out. You can. I do look like Uncle Joey. Yeah, yeah. But so, you, what? Eighty percent of what women pin to their boards they buy. Which I always used to tell people. Anybody in the in the retail aspect of trying to market, like, boom, that's right. That that's your quickest route to getting it to the people that want it, that don't know about it, that want it. 
uh, and buy it right there. Now, what they've worked on in slowly doing it is uploading it like you would do on Facebook with the face analyzer kind of stuff, but with products. So eventually it'll be like you hover over anything user uploaded and it'll be like, is this Jimmy Choo shoes? Yeah. And that's, yeah. and well, so you're doing yeah. that in a sense, yours is the, the way I picture yours from the video you sent us, you brought up Twitch. It felt more like that where you had like kind of pop-ups coming up where you could just click right there as it's coming up. Is that a little bit closer? Well, okay. That's a fair point because right now, it's just uploading a product sticker in front of the video, right? You, you just have the ragu sauce or the, the, the cutlery stuff as a single static image and you click on it and purchase. But, you know, we've, we've had actually access to, so, so you see Google owns YouTube and because it owns YouTube, it has lots of computer vision data and machine learning already done. Right. And because it has all, all that stuff already done, Google via YouTube is pretty good at recognizing objects on video hmm. and they have given that kind of, um, you know, uh, those kind of AI modules out to the public. So, you know, uh, uh, my, my boss, our CEO, he actually in his free time started building something to detect objects while on camera. So if I literally just hover my uh, Android phone on, on screen, it will just detect, oh, that's an Android. And then you can just click on that and purchase that. That's the the next level, which, which we're also trying to look for funding for. It's not something that, that we can do today, but I think that would be really some the kind of stuff that we used to see in the futuristic movies in the early 2000s, you know, like Minority Report or whatever. I was about to say That's... Minority Report, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God. I always had a... I know, I always think of that, that bring it up, yeah. uh, uh, this is going to happen. No, I love the uh, that it's a, a web link. Bang, bang, they just click on the web link. You don't have to install an app because that's the connector to older people. Make it simplified minute, like Zoom. Right. The minute you can just, any sort of installation of anything is going to be a pain in the ass and you want to be able to just go, just click twice and that's it. That's where it's at. I mean, there's no dis yeah. barriers. Disintermediation. Dis yes. You know, that uh, you're, that's a, that's an awesome, that's such an awesome thing to be able to do. It sounds like right now you have to kind of preload it, but eventually the idea was like, we bring up Captain Morgan rum that we're drinking right now. And uh, it comes up and it'll, it'll go, it'll populate and be like right here. If we yeah. wanted to monetize this episode, right? Ideally, that's where you want to get to. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, I have been speaking to people who are in the uh, influencer marketing space as well. And many people are trying to find ways to make sure that people who are influencers, they get paid for promoting products better. And that's also something that, you know, uh, I want to bring with live, live stream video, which is the kind of like an influencer toolkit, which is, okay, if I ever promote this uh, face mask on camera or these you know, headphones, fine. If somebody sees me on social media, on Instagram or whatever, or on, on these live stream videos and, and they say, hey, what object is that? I want to check that out. I should probably get paid for you know, a share of the sales in that. And I think that kind of affiliate marketing will be the future. There's a, a company in Norway called um, Optimal Print, which does, you know, custom printed uh, T-shirts, mugs, uh, posters and everything. And their formal name is called Gelato. AS and uh, they, yeah, I don't know why the, they have the Italian, the, the Italian yeah. dessert gelato. You got it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like ice cream in Italian, gelato. Uh, but uh, I don't know why they call that. But uh, but you see, they get all their marketing, all their traffic via influencers. That's their main source of traffic. They don't do ads. They don't do SEO. It's all via, in. yeah, I can just write down in the chat, optimalprint.no. Like, and I just, I'm trying to realize, okay, if big corporations, their, their annual sales are, by the way, $50 million a year, this Norwegian company, and they are doing this via influencer. I'm thinking, hey, it's good that companies are making uh, uh, this kind of money because of influencer marketing, but now then influencers should start getting the full value of their paycheck, the value that they're bringing to, um, you know, companies, and there should be a, a strong way to recruit and monetize and incentivize them. And I think live stream video would be well complemented with ways to recruit influencers or just regular people who just talk talk about things because, you know. A salesman's pitch, and I speak this as a person whose job is a salesman, it's not as credible as just a regular customer pitching to other customers. Well, yeah. let's. I want to. I want to help you out. Uh, your CEO should be giving you Employee of the Month for going out of your way to do an interview. Yeah. To talk about all this, right? You're you're <laughs> you're the utility player. You're the five tool guy. Uh, you're doing this on your free time, right? Well, that's the thing, like um, our CEO, he's he's actually a very charismatic guy who if he was here, he'd also be bringing a lot of energy. But I think he is really sunk in a lot of work, which he also cannot delegate because the first thing to learn as a small business owner is that, you know, you have to do everything yourself. And if you try to uh, hire anyone that a small business can afford, well, it, it tends ends up being much worse than doing it yourself or more work. So I'm taking up the charge of doing things like finding ways to get new kind of growth for the business. And you know, one thing we are realizing is that ads suck. Cold calling, cold mailing sucks. Although I cold approach you guys as well, but, but that's another thing. But worked out. Uh, kind of. I mean, it, I wouldn't call it just cold call, really, because you're. You sought it out. It wasn't like you got a leads list and just uh, sent a bot. Wait, wait, maybe. Or maybe you did. <laughs> maybe you did. But I, I don't even care at that point. Yeah, uh, we don't. Don't tell us. After the point, of, but once you made a point of contact, it, I, I don't know. It, it's cold. Is straight cold. Like, hi. I, I get all these people that scrape my email. Well, we from get it once a week. Oh, I get, dude, I get five emails. I just started a position. I get five emails every day. I'm talking about for the podcast. Yeah, or for the podcast too, because I I put my I put my email publicly on LinkedIn or whatever, just to let it be scraped and just to see what comes in, because I like to see the approaches. Uh, it's like nope, 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 nope. That's like the beginning of the day. Look at the emails. No, 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 no. And then I get probably mm-hmm. I probably gotten 15 messages every day for the last month, uh, just like hey, could you. And then, you know, they do that thing, we've talked about it, where they nag you, where they talk like uh, like the, the pickup artist, where they, they'll do a bot in LinkedIn, and they go, they go like, hey, haven't heard from you. What's going on? Yeah. Are you okay? And you're I, like, I got one today that was, I literally have not responded to this person one time, and they said, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. I got one today that said. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Uh, keep at it. I got one that, that said, I guess this conversation's uh, not going to happen or something like right. that. Like something like, oh, pity me. Like, yeah. And I, it almost got me. And all I said went back was like, that's pretty good bot script. I, pre- I appreciate <laughs> that. But for, for you, reaching, I'm just saying, I'm trying to fluff you up so you can send a clip 
you can pull out a clip, send it to the CEO and go, Hey, maybe employee of the month. What's up? You know, you're, you're doing everything. Yeah. You're doing that sweat equity, which is the titular part of the show is, you know, it's one of those things that you're doing that you, you give up a, a 40 hour week to uh, do an 80 hour week when you're kind of in, I, you're in a startup community like that. You're just saying it like you got to do it all. Right. And so yeah. uh, I saw even in your email signature, it says you're in a startup campus, which I think is kind of cool, too. It's a good kind of branding. <laughs> In there. Yeah, well, in, in my email signature, oh, this yeah, startup campus. I need to update my email signature because I moved out of startup campus uh, to another co-working space. But in fact, like we've been jumping co-working spaces because every month or two, because there's always a better one. But uh, yeah, uh, about uh, what you mean about cold approaching, um, you know, I. At one point, realized I was making these really mechanical pitches to people, and I realized, hey, if I was approaching, how would I speak to them? And a lot of common sense struck me. Oh, I would never shove a corporate presentation in people's faces. Never start with a pitch deck or one pager. I would never start talking about how wonderful or how achieved I am. To do is talk to somebody and say, hey. You caught my interest because you were talking about this really interesting topic, and I have some inputs there. We should talk. The moment I start talking to people on the internet the way I would do them if I met them in real life, everything changed. The response rate shot up, and I realized uh, uh, my boss says that a lot, a lot of us have been a victim of what, we call, what he calls uh, corporate damage, where you have been so over-professionalized that you start doing the exact yes. opposite of what's the human common sense way of yes. talking to people. Yeah. You feel it. Yeah, don't want to offend anybody because that could hurt the bottom line. That's just no way to live. Or just or just going, these these like automation tools are gonna do it for me, and there's no actual connection trying to be made. You know, like you're like, well, and you can talk, you can justify it by going, well, we're really busy. We got a lot of stuff going on. Right. So we need these things to do this for us, but it's not really doing the thing you want it to do. Like you're doing it with intention and you set your, I mean, our mentor talks about, uh, he sends snail mail, thank you cards, birthday cards to everybody. And that he's like, what's, what's your open rate for email? And you're like, uh, industry average, like 18%. He's like, what is it when I send these cards? You're like, it's 100%. 100, sir. Because you're all you get in the mail over here is just junk, or unless you know it's coming from Amazon or something, right? Yeah. So his whole thing is like, that means so much more. And I started implementing it, and God bless him, he's true. It's true. It's like, you know, people are like, I can't believe you sent me a thank, a handwritten thank you card. Like, like if, the, if the envelope is addressed by hand, which they try and fake too, by the way, with mm-hmm, those special mm-hmm. printers, but if you could, I mean, you're opening that shit. Oh, mine looks like a ransom note. You know yeah. it's from me because my. Oh yeah, is you got yeah. Make it. Make and it I, glue, I shouldn't I glue magazine so... letters together. But, oh yeah, you that's know. fun. <laughs> but I spoke to a very gifted, smart guy, uh, a, a bit younger than me, uh, who raised one million dollars from Mark Cuban via a single cold email. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, I've heard of this story. I want to say, but go on. Well, I spoke to him in person because I wanted to, like, you know, work on him with some projects. And, uh, you know, he never wrote more than three sentences in that email. You know, all he said was, 
Hey, Mark Cuban, I noticed that you were talking in the media about the need to fight fake news. Uh, I'm working with a team of PhDs and AI who are trying to build and solve this. Shall we talk about this? Because we have the same problem we need to solve. And within three sentences, he got that because what people start doing normally when they try to approach a stranger in the business world is that they start pitching themselves. They go straight to the pitch, going straight to the pitch about where you studied, what you accomplished, what your business has accomplished, all the traction you've done. We call that the resume you know, brag. Like guys, yeah. guys do this with women on dates and they don't give a fuck. Like it's like, oh yeah, well, you know, I was over here, we got my MBA here. Blah, blah, blah. They're like, no one likes that, you know? Yeah. It's bad social skills, it's bad business skills, it's bad dating skills in general. When we talk to other people, the one thing that gets the conversation going is to talk about something which is of interest to the other person for reasons relevant to them, number one. And number two, we don't talk to other people without earning their permission to uh, tell them more, you know? Which is so you, I also think when I meet a stranger in real life or the internet, okay, I got a small window to get their interest, or they're just going to walk away and just not talk to me. And I think that's in that short window, I just tell them of the reason relevant to them. And uh, it's something that I had to work on myself because I have a history of like, you know, going to a complete stranger, doing an, an info dump rambling on them and then wondering why this person had tried to win over just walked away silently and I re- now i realize you know pe- people don't care about what you think is exciting about you and just hearing you talk about yourself they want to hear about you know something that's interesting to them about you for reasons relevant to them and uh, just understanding that changes everything yeah it, so it, let's take that email it, there's also empathy of sending it to the user right because this guy's busy mm. he's not gonna read it, a long email can he's probably his, drunk <laughs> can i get million dollars can i get can i get his attention and keep it concise but i'm i'm sending it to solve a problem i it so it there's a lot to actually unpack so he goes i see you're doing this we're working on this call to action i'd like to get if we can get something if we could talk you know he knows the guy's busy. He's not going to read anything. That's like now. Here's our whole business plan in the email, in line of the email, right? It's like he really goes. I bet. I wonder if he bullet pointed it. Yeah, I wonder if he just really calculated that out, like a copywriter was like, less this, is more. this, this. But what intrigues the other side? He figured out. It's what Outcast used to say. About, oh, here we go. <laughs> Ceiling fans go around. Uh, um, uh, bombs over Baghdad. No, I, I saw an interview with Outcasts, and they're just talk. They just talk generally about business and how they did well, and it's like find the need and take care of it, and so meet it, meet it where the need is, kind of thing. And so, I, well, I don't know it, what that has to do with Outcasts, but they they put it in my head fucking thirty years ago when I or whatever twenty years ago when I saw an interview, but. It, that's business 101 in a lot of ways, right? right. You know, find the need and, and, and solve it. Uh, like y'all stuff is, hey, we could be a disintermediary, a disruptor in this kind of uh, retail to video kind of market that, you know, you obviously have some big barriers of, you know, uh, Google, Facebook, Amazon owning Twitch, whatever, you know, whatever those big, and maybe, you, maybe the idea is to sell it to one of them eventually, but... Uh, 
at the same time, you go, that's the need, and that's where we're going to strike, and we know it exists. By the way, I, now my brain's going on fire because I'm thinking about y'all. VR. Y'all could crush it in VR with what you're doing. Eric loves the VR. Oh, I'm too yeah. scared to get into it. But uh, oh, yeah. but I, w- I would say that is – we don't know when that's going to be kind of more commonplace. It's a bandwidth issue. Yeah. Really, I mean, think about how much you got to be bringing in, you know, just if you're mm-hmm. looking around all that, it's got to react and all that. Basically. VR. You know, like uh, some kids in Switzerland approached our company a while ago and they said that, you know, they were working with a huge industrial client and they needed somebody to manage safety remotely. So, so, so the, the worker on site puts on these HoloLens oh, and while cool. he's doing the HoloLens, you, you tried those? No, but I'm just saying yeah. it's a cool idea. You could just send yeah, so a dummy just, around to see what you need to see. As a, as exactly, a like live streaming. Like uh, the, the guy, can, they wanted to wait for the guy to remotely see what the guy is seeing by the hollow lens, and just maybe while the instructions pop up to, to, to you know start fixing this thing with the text opening up next to the object, and then you know maybe what they need is some, is some guided supervision where you know the guy actually takes his marker on his own computer tablet screen says you know on his own vision hey pick that up you know like by yeah. circling it hey what's and, it yeah is this uh, rebar uh, popping out or what is this yeah that's the blue wire <laughs> yeah that's the thing that's almost trippy if i saw that you know like if i'm wearing goggles and i see that somebody's drawing on my own vision Hey, go to that object, pick it up. That's that's like the, those video games, like how Call of Duty started becoming after a while, when you saw the compass to tell you where to go. Right. But before games did not have a compass to tell you where to go, but kids these days don't know about that. But <laughs> except it won't be a person but, on the other side where it'll just be a robot doing it. You know, you'll be sitting there, guiding, yeah. walking your robot around the warehouse, fixing stuff and doing all that. You don't need another person there. So I don't yeah. want to forget. I don't want to forget. You said you're thirty, right? Correct. Yeah, I just turned 30 on 17th March, St. Paddy's Day. Nice. You, uh, you celebrate that in Norway, I guess? What? You celebrate St. Paddy's Day in Norway? I guess you would. I don't know. I feel like that's something we glommed on here that's not celebrated really, in I, even Ireland. We just like steal we all of them. Right? We're like, see, go tomorrow. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we got you frozen. Norway, they don't celebrate it. Irish people don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day from what I've seen. Yeah, I think like oh, none of my Irish friends have ever said a thing about St. Patrick's Day. None of them on social media or in real life. I think it's an entirely Irish-American thing. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But we always want to ask everybody the first time on the show, what advice would you give your 13-year-old self? Oh, You can time travel. My- you go back in time. You find 13-year-old you living in Norway. I don't know. We're We're... Where you, where'd you grow up? I'm from India. I'm, I was born in India. I moved to Norway about three or four years ago. But yeah, what advice can I give to my 13-year-old self, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would tell my 13-year-old self to, you know, just ignore all the helicopter parenting. Ignore all the pressure to, you know, get into, oh my God, my parents really wanted me to get into Ivy League schools. <laughs> just like a lot of Indian and Asian kids, both inside and outside the U.S. But like I'm just thinking now, when I look back, you know, the in the actual business world, it's actual people skills that count, not your grades, which help you get. And I think I I was pretty 
stunted in developing my social skills because of this helicopter parenting, which focused on grades, 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 school, 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 college, 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 and getting into the best uh, prestigious companies because doing well in business is actually about understanding people's needs and understanding people's needs is about reading them. And a lot of us people in the, the workplace simply do not read people. I'm shocked by how many people who come from prestigious universities, they are not able to see the obvious lack of interest on the other person in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. And they don't know, yeah. oh, I have lost attention and I need to get it back. No, they continue on the yeah. re- reading the PowerPoint, continue on with their pitch. and. I would just tell my younger self, those social skills are the actual business skills you need to learn. Making a financial model is not a business skill. It's just number crunching. Love it. You came from a finance background, right? To where you're at, as I looked at your LinkedIn. (laughs) Well, exactly. I started with with the finance background. I did a master in finance in Spain. And I actually had my first full-time job in Spain right after graduation. Uh, so like uh, I worked in mergers and acquisitions in Barcelona. That was interesting. Like my first full-time job was in Spanish and before in 2015 and before 2013, I never spoke Spanish. Whoa. But that was a very nice thing. But, you know, like uh, initially I was studying finance because I just heard everybody say, well, you should work for Goldman Sachs or for JP Morgan or Rothschild, you know? And why? Because it's Goldman Sachs. This was a strange circular logic that when I look back, I understand think like, okay, what's the sense in it? Like, okay, if you could work one forty hours and make twice the money, would you do it? No, because a lot of people who were in the same class would say, no, I still want to do it because Goldman Sachs. I want the GS on my resume. Sure. The prestige cult is so weird. And I would also warn my younger self against that. Like, there's no yeah. sense in it. Prestige cult. I like that. Yeah. Love that. Um, I, I want to make sure if you have anything else to plug or get to that we get to it. Any, Because we try to keep these around 33 minutes or so. So I want to make sure. Uh, I didn't yeah. forget anything. Well, we can, we'll have learn. you back on, you know. Well, I want to learn from you guys. Uh, what's a good way to do a call to action to, to a customer, whether it's an email copy or video or any kind of uh, sales and marketing outreach you do? You already said it. Talk real. Yeah. It's just, you know, I make feel, it interesting. The fir- I feel the first mistake everybody does is doesn't have one, right? Yeah. You know, like you always want the second date. Um, and so it's like, you know, if you're too eager to, if you're too thirsty, as the kids say, that comes off bad. Like you're talking about reading people, uh, you got to kind of play it off kind of like that email. Hey, here's what we're about. Here's what it is. Here's what we're working on. Boom. You know, if you're talking on the phone, they, they say, keep asking questions. So you can kind of, what you want to do is kind of regurgitate their needs. So they feel listened to, which a lot of people don't do right? They just, they move on there. Cause it's like, you're talking about with the PowerPoint presentation, like they're so self-absorbed with the presentation. They're not thinking about, you know, when they walk in, you ever see someone try to do a presentation and the fucking clicker doesn't work or the mic's busted yeah. and they can't, they can't they get can't over recover. That. Thankfully I've done, I've failed at standup so many times that if I have to walk into a room, you just kind of just move on from it and just go, whatever, we'll just do it. So it's like, that that's not an easy thing. I think a lot of people have to get out of their own head 
And if you're worried about a presentation, memorize this shit out of it. Yeah. So you know that no backwards, shit. forwards, because something's going to let you down. It's never going to be like you think when you walk in there. But I think the call to action, if we're talking copy in, a, in an ad, it needs to be there. I mean, they have it kind of predictive now, right? Like yeah. download, uh, sign up, that kind of thing. If you're talking about relationship marketing like you're doing, you know, it might be more of just keeping the conversation going. Or if you, you or you reach out to us with intent and it was like you played to my narcissism. And I was totally like, works. Yeah. yeah. But, I'm a I'm, huge fan. And I'm totally fine. Yeah. yeah. We're in. So it's like, I was like, why don't you come on? You know, talk about what you're working on. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost like a decision tree if you're doing it in that relationship marketing. See how it goes and go, okay, well, how about we talk further? Don't try to close a deal you know coffees for closers kind of shit like uh of course eventually you want to do that but try to have some some kind of uh, maybe sometimes it helps to think about the next thing if you're thinking about before you're talking to someone all right what mm-hmm. can i maybe get to the ne- i'm not going to close on them here but hey would it be c- cool if we have a continuing talk i'm going to look up the things you talked about and i'm going to come back to you with some answers is it cool if we talk again kind of thing i always feel like that's the best Okay, continue the conversation. Yeah, that's that's one of the challenges I face because sometimes I feel like, um, okay, the, the, the meeting's over and now I just have to sit and wait to see the person if they get back or respond. No, but like at least some excuse to keep talking is important. Yeah, at least curiosity, you know, I, 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 find that natural curiosity. If it's the meeting example, it's like, I, I try to think now, what do I want to get out of this meeting? Like at the end of it, what would be the ideal thing? Like we went into a radio station that was chewing on us for our show. I go, what's the best case scenario we can get out of this? And don't cry. Don't cry. Don't try to make fun of them because we're gonna get we're gonna get crushed by five mics uh, that are in a radio station, and and play with them and get out of that. You know, I it went almost as good as we could imagine it went. Yes, because we went in it like, well, how? What's the strategy to to get the the thing we want desired out of it, except for you not getting hired there. But oh than, yeah, other than that, <laughs> hey, it still could. That happen. wasn't the plan going in though. The no, plan was, was go, like, just don't cry. That was the plan going <laughs> in. <laughs> but but don't attack them. Let's play with them. Let's eat any of the shit they're talking to us and just uh, spin it back because we were fans. So don't come at it like, well, we're going to go into a roast battle. Let's get out of this. Yeah. Uh, let's just have a good time, and that really is the best. So like a work meeting, it's like all right, what do we want to get out of this meeting? Is it to eliminate worthless meetings and make this quick? Even that in itself can be its own kind of goal, right? So I think you have to look mm-hmm. at a call to action from a goal or objective standpoint before you get into, you're doing a video. What 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 maybe is the thing that a subscribe mm-hmm. rate review is kind of almost fucked out now. So it's like, I know you know, hey, if you like this, just tell a friend about it. That's kind of what we try to say on this podcast. Exactly. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think um, that's why I really like the idea of like live video, because, you know, um, a lot of us are just uh, oversharing our life on the internet and social media these days. Well, why not just get paid for it as well, you know? And I think uh, once you... (laughs) At least, what's nice about live videos like that because once you're on, on camera, you just start talking, and once you start talking, there's no script. There's an awkwardness, there's mistakes, there's the the gaffes, but at least 
keeping the conversation going keeps that in interest, you know, and that's why um, podcasts are popular, at, at least when they're done, like when not in a not so scripted manner, because it's all authentic and it's, it's a genuine flow of words. And then listeners have intent. They listen to it. They usually just listen to it purposely, right? So you're meeting them yeah. where they want to hear something. Um, all right. We could keep going for hours, man. Uh, let's have you on like two or three months again and tell us where you're at. We'll be guinea pigs for any of your live streaming stuff. I, I'm, I'm wildly interested. Yeah, in man. It's cool. I like it. Um, and we'll have, we'll have you back on. Maybe we'll get your whole team on too. We can do a midnight party. Cool. Yeah. yeah let's, have, let's have the whole team on as well. See you guys later. All right, man. All right, buddy. See ya. See ya. What about my sweat equity?